to the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Roundtree. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jesus Freedom Podcast. The title is Wild Man Jesus. What makes you angry? Whatever makes you angry is a good indicator that something is very important to you. I don't like to be late, and my wife doesn't like a dirty car. Everything that makes us angry doesn't automatically mean that our anger is justified or reasonable. In today's culture, many seem to have a moral outrage about things they have not thought clearly through. They just feel mad, and it certainly feels like folks are just going mad. When we talk about Jesus, we usually talk about His love, His grace, His mercy. Jesus is almost like Chick-fil-A's sweet tea and great customer service. He's clean-shaven, nice, and tidy. That's how it comes across sometimes. But in the Gospels, though, there are a couple of instances when Jesus gets angry. Maybe it's just me, but why do we overlook these examples so much? Maybe we're not comfortable with Jesus being angry. Or said another way, what's Jesus so passionate about? Or what's important to him? In the southern U.S., we'd say, what's got him in a tizzy? This one story demonstrating Jesus' anger just so happens to be in all four Gospels, kind of like the apostles thought we should know about this story. In this story, Jesus is almost like a rowdy cowboy. He goes into the temple and turns over the tables and rebukes the religious elite for their misuse of the temple. When I read this story personally, I hear rock music in the background. Stick it to the man. However, to understand the full meaning of the story, first, it's important for us to understand what the temple meant and what it represented to the people of Israel in the biblical context. The first temple in the Bible is not the temple of Herod, Solomon, or Moses, but it is in Genesis chapter 2, where there was a perfect union between heaven and earth. Listen carefully for the words you'll hear Jesus say later. It says that God finished his work and rested. And on the seventh day, he called it blessed. Springs came from the ground and watered the garden. He planted a garden in Eden and placed a man in it. He made all sorts of trees from the ground, trees that were beautiful to look at. A river flowed from the land of Eden watering the garden. The Lord God placed a man in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to watch over it. Also, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who was just right for him. He made them male and female, and the two are united into one. There was no shame, and the Lord God walked in the garden when the cool evening breezes were blowing. The second temple was a tabernacle of Moses after God delivered the Israel family from the power of Egypt and gave them the Ten Commandments. 
they agreed to the terms of the covenant. And this is what God said to them, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. The purpose of the tabernacle was to be a place of God's abiding presence, like in the garden, where God's people would enjoy and see the magnificent presence of God. If they followed his commands, they would be a nation of priests that helped restore the glory of God on earth as it is in heaven. Within the tabernacle and the temple was imagery that was symbolic of the Garden of Eden. An example would be the menorah. The menorah was a lampstand of pure gold with six branches. Each of the six branches will have three lamp cups shaped like almonds, blossoms, complete with buds and petals. The menorah or the tree-like lampstand represents the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. In both the tabernacle and in the temple, there was also a curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place. Only the high priest was allowed into the holy place. For more details, you can read Exodus and 1 Kings. When Moses experienced the glory, glorious presence of God, God told him the Lord God was filled with compassion, mercy, slow to anger, and abounding in unfailing love and faithfulness. King David, who desired to build the Lord a temple, wasn't able, but he had a tent-like tabernacle with worshipers who sang day and night, worshiping the Lord. This is what David said. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Other Psalms speak about the glory of God in the temple. One day in the courts of the Lord are better than a thousand elsewhere. David's son Solomon was able to complete a beautiful and an extravagant temple. The Lord came and filled the temple with his glory. The people enjoyed God's presence with peace and prosperity for a short period of extended time. But Israel didn't remain faithful to God. After several centuries of unfaithfulness and abandonment to the covenant started with Moses, God removed his glorious presence from his people when the Babylonians invaded Judah and decimated the temple. When Jesus arrived on the scene, Herod was able to rebuild his temple for the Jews. This was the temple Jesus went into twice and caused a ruckus or a disturbance. The Gospel of John chapter 2 records the first occurrence of Jesus going into the temple and turning over the tables, and it reads as following. It was nearly time for the Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them out of the temple. He drove out the sheep, the cattle, scattered the money changers, coins over the floor, turned over their tables. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he's told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. 
Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures, Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, What are you doing? If God gave you the authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. What? they exclaimed. It has taken us 46 years to build this temple, and you can, re- and you can rebuild it in three days? But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. Also, Jesus went on to speak of a day of great tribulation that would come to their land and Herod's temple would be destroyed and many Jews were slaughtered by the Romans in 70 AD. Jesus said this was because the leaders were once again unfaithful to God and they missed their hour of visitation. The second time Jesus went into the temple to turn over the tables is found in Luke 19. This happened after his triumphant entry, riding on a donkey. He also wept that his people did not understand the way of peace. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. And this is what he said, My temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Why the anger? Why the cause of a ruckus or a disturbance? Why is Jesus, or what is Jesus so passionate about? What is important to him? Jesus' passion is for all of humanity to be restored to a relationship with him and the Father, and his anger was because of the majority of the Jewish leaders were not doing that. They were more concerned about political power and money. In the book of Malachi, the prophet spoke of a day when God would send his messenger to the temple. He would be like a blazing fire that refines metal or strong soap that bleaches clothes. He would purify the Levites, which are the priests. And there would be a day people could come and offer sacrifices and offerings that would be acceptable to God. In Isaiah chapter 56, it says, Don't let any foreigner who follows the Lord say they are excluded, but the Lord will bless the foreigner who loves his name, and he will fill them with joy in the house or the temple of the Lord. Jesus' passion is that no one will be excluded from the temple or from experiencing the manifest presence of God and being a worshiper of God. The good news is that Jesus Christ is the new Garden of Eden and the new temple. As Jesus said to some, you are from below, I am from above. Jesus is the temple that is from above. When Jesus was on the cross, the scriptures say that the curtain was torn in the temple from top to bottom. This was not just something someone could go in and casually tear the curtain. And as I heard one preacher say, it wasn't because so men could get into the temple, but so that God could get out. God doesn't live in the temples of men, but he desires to live in the hearts of men. This is what the prophets of old spoke about and a day to come 
when those who turn to God in repentance, he would put his spirit in them and remove the hard, stubborn heart, and he'd put a new heart that was soft in them. Jesus also spoke of this day when people would come to worship the Lord, no longer at the temple in Jerusalem, because the Father is looking for worshipers, but those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen carefully to the words that Jesus spoke that are similar to the imagery spoken about in the Garden of Eden. The scriptures say that Jesus is the new tree of life that all can come to and eat so that the nations can receive their healing. Jesus said of himself, he said, all who are thirsty come to me and living rivers of water will flow from their inmost being. He said, those who are weary, come to me, and they will find rest. Jesus said he would send his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, and he would, he would comfort us and teach us all things. Jesus said there would be a day that we would be one, just like he and the Father were one. This happened on the day of Pentecost. There was a mighty rushing wind, and the glorious presence of God filled them, and they magnified the Lord. Now we are the new temple of God with Jesus. He has given us the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The followers of Jesus are now supposed to be the ones who are filled with the Spirit and His love, and we are now a kingdom of priests to help restore the glory of God to earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' passion is for the hearts of men to turn to Him and to be saved, to be restored. The days of exile are over. Come to the new Garden of Eden. Come to the new temple, Jesus Christ, and see the glory of God. So, what should be our response to all of this? We should seek the Lord so that we can be as passionate about what Jesus is passionate about. Then we will be like wild man Jesus. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jesus Freedom Podcast. I would love your interaction. Any questions, any objections, and feedback are all welcome. You can reach me at jamieroundtree at gmail.com. That's J-A-M-I-E-R-O-U-N-D-T-R-E-E. Once again, thanks for listening, and hope you have a great day.